Well, good morning, church. I apologize to those who are watching on Facebook Live. We're a couple minutes late this morning, but we had a very good Sunday school lesson, so we praise the Lord for that. Our call to worship this morning is found in Psalm chapter 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sin, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord. More than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love. And with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sin. Amen. We're going to enjoy a song called My Redeemer Lives, and I know that my Redeemer lives this morning. Amen.
Amen. My Redeemer lives. Our scripture reading this morning is a very familiar passage in Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. And I'll be reading from the NIV. Again, that's Mark 5, 21 through 43. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jarius came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I could just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was free from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding around you, his disciples answered. And yet you ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear. Told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. When Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jarius, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, Don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha Komom, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. 
At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Amen. The next song that we're going to enjoy is How Great Is Our God World Version. Now, I want you to really listen to this song. And this song is unique because it has different languages in it. But God speaks one language, right? Every language, all in one. So listen to this song, How Great Is Our God.
How great is our God, name above all names, and every nation, every knee and tongue will confess one day. Please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to once again bring your word. Father, help us to be attentive. Help us to open our hearts and our minds. Help us to listen for what you have for each one of us. Father, we thank you for all your many blessings. We thank you for the sunshine. We thank you for the rain. We thank you for just another day to be alive, to celebrate you, to honor you in our words and actions and our deeds. Father, I pray for those that are not here for whatever reason, be with them. Uh, Let them know that you are there with them. Father, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So today, uh, I want to talk about uh, this one man. This one man, uh, his, we'll say his name was Jason. It's not, but for the story-wise, his name is Jason. And at one of our appointments, Jason was a person that liked to talk about God, the universe, the stars, and pretty much a little bit of everything. Every morning, he'd like to come into our building... He, drive, he drove this big, beat-up, blue pickup truck. And he went everywhere in this thing. But he'd like to come in, and he'd get some bread and some coffee, and he'd shake it around. But God loved his soul. He'd love to come in, and he'd always love to come and talk to us. All the time. And uh, Jason liked to believe that there was something more powerful that made everything. But he was not sure if he wanted to believe in God. He wasn't sure if he wanted to believe in the one true God, the one that sent his son to die for you and for me. One day, Jason came in so excited and could not wait to talk to me He looked a little bruised. He looked like actually he was hurt because, you know, but but he but notice he was so excited to still talk to me, even though he came in hurt and bruised. He came in excited, not and could not wait to talk to me. He even said he had good news. And let me tell you, looking at him that day, you would not have thought he had any good news to say. His truck wasn't in the parking lot even. So how he even got there, I don't know. But he (coughs) he looked like somebody just beat him up or whatever happened to him. I don't know. But he looked miserable. But... In all of his circumstance, he was so excited that he wanted to talk to me. Well, today's scripture is full of God's grace. There are times that people don't know how they are going to make it through life. 
Sorry, I've been fighting. I have a cough drop. I promise it's just a little sore throat. Um, but there's times that people don't know how they're going to make it through life. We are reminded time and time again to remember as long as we believe in God and turn to him that his grace is enough. God's grace is for all. <coughs> Sorry, I apologize. But yes, so our scripture here. And as Captain Angie read it and she told you, it is a familiar passage. Now, there are many ways you can look at this to learn something new. But today's passage, we're not going to dive deep into each of them. We're going to look at them and compare them a little bit. So first, we're going to look at a point called the outcast. Now, you can imagine the outcast is probably the, the woman with the bleeding issue, correct? Would, that, would everyone agree with that? that she? So, can you imagine, um, in the studying for this, you know, these, this individual, she would be alone. Because she would definitely be an outcast. Because if she had an issue of blood, that meant she was unclean. That meant she had to stay away from people. But if you look at our scriptures, it said that the crowd, a large crowd, followed and pressed around him. Does it sound like anyone is alone there? Come on now, I know there's people in the congregation here. Is it, do you think uh, that he that, that anyone was alone there, Harold? Yeah, a lot of people were with him. I mean, you, you, I, I can only imagine like this be Jesus and they're, they're, they're pressing up against him and they're actually probably almost pushing him a little bit because there's so many people following Jesus at that time that they're pressed and following him. And here is this outcast that has this issue of blood. And she's had it for years, it says. It says, subject for 12 years. Now, fortunately, I am a man. I'm not a woman. So I don't know the issue of blood. But I know my wife. Um, she is a female. And... She says it's one of the most uncomfortable things that women go through next to childbirth. It's just nasty and uncomfortable and terrible. And this woman had that for 12 years, suffering for 12 years long. But this woman knew the answer. knew what to do to get cured. She heard of a man named Jesus. And that day, in the midst of her having this suffering illness, I can imagine her trying to hide herself amongst a crowd. And she says, if I could just touch his cloak... Can you imagine that? Just touching a piece 
We're not talking about wrapping your arms around him. We're not, you know, giving him a big bear hug. We're saying if if she could just touch his cloak, say, <coughs> a little corner piece of his cloak, <coughs> she would be healed. She knew the answer. She was an outcast that knew the answer. She knew where to go. And she finally had enough that she braved through all that could have happened. Now let me tell you, this woman, if she was caught next to somebody, she could have been put to death because of her uncleanness. (coughs) Sorry. My cough drop is not working enough. Um, But this woman could not, she didn't care. She said, I've had enough. And she went to him. Now the interesting thing about this story versus what we're going to see in the story of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, is Jesus immediately stopped. See, he was walking. He was going to the destination. He had a purpose he was going to, but as soon as she touched that cloak... You know, I, I'm assuming she, like, touched and ran away. <clears throat> because it says Jesus stopped and he looked around for whoever touched him. Now, I find this interesting because Jesus knows all. You know, he is God the Father incarnated and he is the Son of God. So... I find this interesting, but Jesus stopped everything. So all these people that are around him, following him, that are pressing against him, he just stops. And he's like, who touched me? His disciples even sort of chuckle at it. Uh, Jesus, do you see all these people touching you? What are you talking about? Everyone's touching you. I mean, come on now. So, the thing is, is Jesus knew exactly what had happened. Jesus knows everything about us. He wants us to take that first step. Just as we always talk about uh, coming to the altar and, and giving your all, God knows everything we've done. But he wants us to take that first step. And he'll be there. Well, it says in the word of God that that the woman finally, fearfully, trembling, fell at Jesus' feet. and, And told him the whole truth. Told him the whole truth. Even knowing that telling the whole truth to him in front of all these millions of people could still get her killed even though she was healed, because she was unclean. But it didn't matter, 
She got the healing she needed. She knew the answer. And she talked to Jesus and she said and told him the whole truth. And Jesus said this. He said, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your sufferings. Now back to our story about Jason. So the night before Jason came in and saw me at our appointment, he was in a car accident. Pretty bad car accident. It totaled his truck. Now, his truck was pretty pretty, uh, beat up already. And I was amazed at how much it actually ran. But that's why it wasn't there that morning when he came in. Because it was totaled. And when I say it was bad, it was bad. Um, (coughs) It actually didn't happen that night. But... It happened for a while, and and he he had a car, and it was it hit him, and it totaled his car. But when he came in, when he finally when he came in that one morning, he had a cast on his arm. His arm was in a sling, so he couldn't really move it. But here he was, and, and he had this issue where he always shook all the time, and when he was speaking, it was even worse. We always had a mop right on the inside of the other door, so that. When he left, we just got the mop and mopped up the floor of coffee. <laughs> I mean, come on now. We're the Salvation Army. We know this. there's people that come in our door, and we always have to have these precautions. And we always had a wet sign floor sitting right on the other side of the door. But um, Jason came in, and he didn't know why he was still alive. Because he told, he told me about how bad this car accident was. How mangled up his truck was. He told me while he was at the hospital, uh, a clergyman, a pastor that usually is at the, cha- at the uh, church at the time, or at the uh, hospital, was walking by and stopped to talk to him. Jason told me that The pastor told him, finally, uh, that Jason told me that the pastor finally stopped and had a discussion with him. And Jason said, I get it. I finally understand. And he finally understood and realized and asked the true God into his heart. He understood everything. Jason realized that God is God and there is no one else. He realized that God the Father sent his one and only son to die on a cross for him and for me and you. (coughs) That God loved him so much that he wanted a relationship with him. See, Jason was not a person that fit in the community very much. He had a hard time talking English. And a lot of people would just try to give him things and push him out the door. 
No one wanted to really get to know Jason. But Jason felt loved, and he finally realized who God was, who Jesus was. He found the person who touched him. Finally, as in our scripture, the woman came to him and fell at his feet, and she told him the whole truth, it said. Jesus told her, Daughter, your faith has been healed. Go in peace. Be free from your suffering. Just like that, Jason knew that he was not alone. Jason knew the love of the Father. And he knew that he was there now for a purpose to tell other people about the God that saved him. So now, when I saw Jason, our relationship grew, and it was always nice to hear how his day went and how he told other people. He even invited me to his house one time. As, as, as nervous as I was, because I'm an introvert, and Captain Andy, she's an extrovert, but here I am going to a man's house that I didn't know very well, other than he came in for bread and coffee every morning, and... He invited me to his house, and it was just, it was kind of special but nerve-wracking at the same time. But he needed help, and I and he asked me to go, so I did. But it was it was wonderful to get to know Jason, um, and to know that his life was changed. God's grace, as it says here, God's grace is for all. And it is. And as we just heard, it is for the outcast. But it is also for the powerful. So now we get to the second part, the second story that we've looked at in this passage. And as we see, it actually opened up with this. Jairus was a leader of the synagogue. So, it's, it's kind of strange, because the leaders of the synagogue, they weren't really for Jesus. They were ones that were actually against him, and ultimately wanted to see him killed. Um, one of the groups that were wanted to see him killed. But this leader, even though he was a leader of the synagogue, knew what he had to do. He had his daughter that was dying. And I can only imagine he went to the doctors. He's had, he had every physician probably come in and every person pray over her and, and do what, what he could do or thought of. But he didn't know what else to do. But just like this woman that had the issue of blood, the outcast, had heard about Jesus. I'm quite sure he knew about Jesus, and he knew the things that he heard about this man named Jesus. And he went and pleaded with Jesus. This is one of our first differences. If you see in the scriptures, it says 
that Jairus went and pleaded with Jesus. The outcast merely touched the hem of his cloak and ran off. This man went and pleaded with Jesus. And he did. And Jesus finally said, I will go with you. And so they went off. And that's where we see, that's where Jesus was going when the woman with the issue of blood came in and touched his cloak. And we just talked about that story. But, so he's on his way to Jairus' home. Now when the woman, and he stopped to see who touched him, it interrupted what he had planned. But when he was dealing with this woman of issue of blood, there's these people that came from Jairus' home and said to Jairus, didn't say it to Jesus, said it to Jairus and said, don't bother the teacher any longer, your daughter's dead. So Jesus, as he was handling his father's business, healing and helping and freeing a woman full of disease and hurt and pain, still had time to hear what this man was saying to Jairus. And Jesus turned to him and said this. Don't be afraid, just believe. And he said, we're off. And he goes, and he stops, and as you notice, as he was going, he had a crowd following him that was pressing against him. But it says that he stops, and he only took a few. He took Peter, James, and the, the bro- John, the brother of James, and he went. And he got to the house, and there was all this calamity. So this, this calamity and commotion. So at this house of the leader of the synagogue, there were all these people already there crying, as you would expect at a funeral. And we have this issue. And I'm not saying it's less important. I'm just trying to put a distinction between the two stories here. This woman with the outcast was alone, fearful for her life. And then you had this leader of the synagogue that had all these people here with him. And Jesus walks in and says, what is all this commotion? And he even says, you know, she's not dead, she's only sleeping. And and it's kind of funny because it even says... They laughed at him. It's like they sort of mocked at him. And that's when he sent everyone out of the house. And only those three disciples, Jesus and the father and mother of the child, went into the room with the child. And he spoke those words to the little girl. And the little girl got up. The last point of distinction I'm comparing about these uh, two stories 
at the end, after the girl was healed, Jesus said to him, said to them, do not tell anyone what had happened. And then he said, give her something to eat. It's quite different, these two stories. There were two healings in these stories. The one was an outcast, and there was one that is a powerful man, and that was popular in the days. They both were miracles. Jesus both healed both. Both had God's grace for all. But they came from different standards. Well, this is a story I heard from a pastor about a family where a father was a popular person and he held high office in the city council. He had, he had a loving wife that stayed home to raise their son. She was an amazing cook. I mean, she could cook anything. Uh, if, you're, if you're thinking of uh, how good of a cook she was, um, so uh, uh, what was that one show? She was like Aunt B. She could cook. Everyone in the town could know she cooked and was like, I always wanted her cooking. So... They had um, people over for dinners. They had parties at their houses. I mean, he was a high official in the city council, so they always had people over. The wife and the son always went to the local church. It was a small town. Everyone knew everyone. Um, but the, the mom and the son, was they were the ones that went to the church. The father didn't go. Um, the mom would uh, sing in the choir. She would help out at all the different church functions. Well, one day, while they were at home, the little boy was out in the front yard playing in a tree. <clears throat> and she, he was climbing up in a tree, and all of a sudden, the tree branch that he stepped on gave way. And this little child was screaming as he fell to the ground. And his father, which was in the house, heard the scream, ran out, and just picked up his son that was sort of lifeless. He was breathing still, but he was bleeding, and uh, he didn't know what to do. So they, they uh, of course, took him to the hospital, called an ambulance, he went to the hospital and all that. And that day... The, the doctors took the child in surgery and uh, came out uh, to the husband and wife and said, we've done all we can do, but he's in an induced coma right now. He, he's in a coma, and we can't wake him up right now. Um, his injuries were really bad, severe from falling out of the tree. Um, but we've done all we can do. So the mother of course, went and started praying and had people from the church that she attended pray. And they prayed, and weeks went by, and nothing went and happened. Finally, after a few weeks, the father went in to the local pastor of that church where his wife went. 
And, I, and he said, I know God can heal my son. He said, can you pray with me to ask God to help my son? The pastor said, I would be glad to pray with you. The father knew God's grace is for all, even the powerful. God's love knows no end. His grace and mercy, there's no limit to God's grace. 2 Corinthians 8 9 says this For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. God's grace is for you and for me. It is for the homeless. It is for the rich. God's grace knows no limit. Today, I don't know what you're facing. I don't know. You might have been, you might have been suffering for many years like this woman of the issue of blood. Or maybe you're feeling alone. Or you're a popular person like this Jarius that knows a lot of things, has power, and knows where to get the answer, but you don't at first. See, as I said, I'm sure Jarius didn't go to Jesus at first. I think he probably tried everything else, and he finally said, yep, I've heard of this man. I have nothing else to lose. I'm going to go and talk to Jesus. Do you let things get in your way of you going to Jesus? Whether you are like Jesus or like the Father in our stories today, Jesus is here for you. God's grace is for all. We're going to listen to a song in a minute. Please don't let today go by without coming to God. Take that first step and the Father will meet you with open arms. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God's grace is for all. We just have to make sure we're listening to Him. That we're listening to the true God. That we're seeking Him in everything we do. Please take this time. The song is called, Who You Say I Am. God knows who you are. But are you listening to Him? So take this time to pray at your seat, at the mercy seat if you'd like. But take this time to pray. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Oh, his 
Thank you. We ask upon Jesus. 